Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday with an episode titled, The American Life is Killing You. And the original piece was written by Eric Rittenberry over at Medium.com. I believe you can find it in the philosophy section. And it's a, it's a powerful blog. Uh, it's very well written. It's a little bit lengthy for some of you, probably a 10 to 15 minute read, give or take. And uh, I'm going to kind of play today's podcast off of this. Now, I read this a handful of weeks ago, and I thought about sharing it right away, but I'm like, ah, I'll just sit and, uh, you know, marinate on it to see if it's something that I think all of you guys can get something from, and I believe it is. Uh, it echoes and parallels a lot of the things that I believe and say in the way that I live my life, and maybe more importantly, the way that I've seen things change and evolve uh, for us as Americans, as I've, you know, gotten older, uh, I've been able, you know, fortunate enough to travel the world and, and visit other countries who do things much differently than we do. Some of the things we do are, are great, and some of the things they do are great. Um, and, and I love America. Uh, again, I'm not anti-America. I love being here. I think it's the most, you know, buffest, badass, you know, country on the planet. But we do a lot of things wrong and you can choose to play in that ecosystem or get caught up in the rat race and you can choose to live outside of it. And that's kind of what the article is touching on is just how literally the title of it, the American life you know, is killing us for lack of a better term. And I'm going to chop out a good chunk of this article because I don't want to read, you know, word for word, everything that he put down. Some of it gets into religion and politics and that's not really a space uh, I choose to play in on the podcast. I don't want to alienate anybody, and I'm not going to force beliefs on anyone. And even when I do read and go through this, a lot of it is things that I've seen here. Obviously, I live in you know beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's an amazing place. I love it. Uh, you know, it it's clean. It's nice. Uh, it's very affluent, if you will. But I see a lot of people here, and a lot of people here do it at, a, at the the right way, and they're doing it at a very high level. But a lot of people are trying to play in that space of keeping up with the Joneses, and it's. It's stressing them out. Uh, it's swallowing them whole. It is causing them much more pain than happiness. And that's all I want to touch on. Before I kick off of, of my opinion of anything, and as I read through this, if you're happy, none of this applies to you. If you're happy, you love your life, you're jacked, you feel mindful, you're enjoying your free time, you have, quote unquote, whatever work-life balance is for you, uh, and you're really just excited to, to be on this planet and understand the gift of, of being even born a human in this era, in this time, and how amazing it is, this really doesn't apply to you. But if you find yourself maybe stressed, uh, maybe overworked, maybe not happy, or you find you're chasing some things, and even when you're getting them, it, it becomes deflating and you're not where you want to be, I think you could take a lot away from this. And if you guys listen to the podcast, my wife and I did uh, actually yesterday uh, on Valentine's Day, just talking about us and, and how we treat each other in our relationship. One of the biggest takeaways, whether you, you heard it or not, was we value experience over things. We tend to, again, we're not minimalist by any means. Uh, my wife doesn't like really fancy stuff. Some things she likes nice, some things she could care less. Uh, I'm I'm much more, you know, basic. I could probably live in a shoebox as long as it was, you know, warm and I had like a Netflix account and, and internet that I would probably be okay. But uh, there's certain things I do like. And again, I, I've shared this before with my, with my 2008 Honda Accord with 142,000 miles on it at this point. When it dies, I'm probably going to upgrade and get a much nicer vehicle. Look, I'm 36 years old. 
uh, I make what I consider to be, you know, a good amount of money. Uh, I've been very smart with my finances. We've invested in things we, we do really well. Uh, I've never had a car with a backup camera. So I think it's probably time for me to upgrade to, you know, the adult car uh, as I get closer to 40 here. But the point of me sharing that is we tend to spend our money and our time on experiences over just things. And I'm not judging anybody who likes things more than experience. There's no right or wrong way to do this life as long as you're happy. That's always the comeback is to are you happy? Are the things you're buying making you happy? Are you getting enjoyment from them? Or are you going to a job that is sucking the fucking soul out of you to buy stuff? To keep this perpetual race going, which you're racing against I don't know who or trying to impress who, it doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what this article is talking about, and that's where the, the preface comes from. So it starts off with a quote from Graham Hancock, and I'm going to read through it here and hopefully kind of kick off to give you guys you know, the, the mindset of where you need to be when you're listening to this. And it goes, I quote, I believe we are a species with amnesia. We think we have, or I think we have forgotten our roots and our origins. I think we are quite lost in many ways. And we live in a society that invests huge amounts of money and vast quantities of energy into ensuring that we all stay lost. A society that invests in creating unconsciousness, which invests in keeping people asleep. So we're just passive consumers of products and not really asking any of the questions. End quote. Now again... That's a Graham Hancock quote. And uh, if you understand, you know, finances and the economy and how things run, I I shared this with one of our clients the other day. If every consumer was similar to how I operate, this whole deck of cards, economy, the Ponzi scheme that we're we're kind of in uh, would, would come crashing down instantly. Uh, Our, you know, GDP in America, I believe about two thirds of it is like consumer spending. So like that people have to keep buying stuff in order for the machine to keep going. People have to keep taking debt. It's this revolving circle. And I think the system has been geared to make you believe that that's how it has to be. Um, I was living proof of it. I've shared this story before. And I love my old man. He's he's a very kind soul. But uh, he would always say this when I was younger. You know, you're born and you get a job and you get in debt for your house. You get in debt for your car. You work hard enough your entire life you know, to pay for it. And then you retire and you probably die. And that was, you know, his belief system. And uh, I think it's changed as he's gotten older, as he's kind of, you know, coming out of that and becoming a more positive person because he worked a, you know, a soul sucking job for 30 some fucking years for people who didn't give a shit about him. And I, and I would always, you know, come home from school and be like, why is, why is, why is dad so mad? And I would just be scared of him when he would come home. And I'm like, well, he's working a job he hates. And he's come home to some kids eating his food and making his house dirty. I'm sure he's fucking pissed. Right. So, I say that because that is the belief system for a lot of people, but you don't have to go in debt, you know, crazy to go to school if you choose to go to school. And again, I don't think college is for everybody. And that's not, it's not a knock on it. I think there's a lot of things to be learned outside of a school system and, and certain trades and university isn't for everybody. But you don't have to go 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100,000 dollars in debt to go to college. You don't have to do it that way. There's other workarounds. You don't have to go in debt a half a million bucks to own a home. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to finance a vehicle. In fact, I don't think you ever should. I think it's one of the dumbest fucking decisions you can make if you truly want to be a millionaire and be financially successful. That's just my opinion. I'm not judging anybody who does it. If you're happy with it, drive your Mercedes, drive your Range Rover, and just 
you know, ball out. I, I'm all, if you're happy, I'm all for it. Okay. But it doesn't have to be that way. And that's what I'm driving at. I think we've been spoon fed something. We've been programmed a certain way to believe that this is the only way it can be done. Yet I'm doing it in a much different way. And I believe I'm much happier internally than a lot of other people who from the outside, it might seem like, oh, they're winning and I'm losing. Yet I sleep much better at night. I'm much more mindful. I'm much more inspired and I can buy the stuff if I want it, but I don't need it. It's not going to fill, you know, any void in my life. It's not going to make me any happier. Certain things I like, sure, but it's not going to move the needle. And so that's why I share that. So if you're in the same boat as the typical American, your dilemma might look and sound something like this. You're enduring, you know, some type of, you know, chronic illness or you're overstressed um, and you're rushed in an unrewarding job with little to no savings. You're greatly in debt. Uh, you have a, a super fat mortgage, uh, two vehicles in the driveway with uh, you know five year or seven year loan on them. Which again, I've done a podcast on why I think you know car loans are are stupid. You have a lot of gadgets and toys you know to keep you occupied. You have a giant TV or probably four or five or six in your home. You have little free time for yourself due to your quote unquote, you know, successful career. You know, maybe you have a demanding spouse and, you know, weekends filled with, you know, church and activities. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, senseless entertainment, uh, a bathroom cabinet, you know, heavily stacked with pharmaceuticals and things to help you cope with the, you know, I guess, emptiness of it all. Uh, this is probably a lot of people listening. Um, this is considered normal in America for a lot of people. And uh, it's sad, but uh, from the outside, you're a success, right? You've achieved, you know, the American dream. Your obedience and education and hard work have paid off. Congratulations. You know, you have the giant house with the three-car garage and the vehicles, and you have everything on Instagram that looks like, you know, you're winning. But in reality, you're losing, and you know it. And you might be fronting or flossing to other people, but deep down, you're miserable as fuck. And uh, it's, a, it's a shallow, rough place to be, and it's uh, unhealthy. And you get, you know, a little dispirited. And, you know, if you're playing, you know, the statistics here, odds are, you know, we're all going to probably drop dead from, you know, heart disease or cancer or diabetes or Alzheimer's or whatever in the, you know, the near distant future. And again, I'm not trying to be overly sad here and morbid, but if you're living a life where you're consumed by all these things and you're not waking up just jacked and excited and happy as fuck that you're a human and you're alive and you have the gift of life, it's a rough place to be. And if you're lucky, if you're living that way, you know, you'll make it, uh, you know, to old age with the all too common, you know, deathbed kind of regrets. And, and we, and some of us might have that either way. But if you did it to yourself, I think that's the toughest place when you when you look at somebody who's 96 years old, 102 years old, they're, you know, 89 years old and they're getting close to the end of, you know, their time on this planet. When you look in their eyes and you hear their voice and they have regret, it's one of the saddest things, you know, you can see and you can hear. And I don't wish that for any of you because it would suck to get to the end of your life sitting there wishing you had the courage to live a life and more importantly 
to live a life where you could truly be your fucking self because you spent it trying to impress people and do things that weren't bringing you happiness because you were programmed a certain way from society or school or your parents or the people around you and you thought that, well, everybody else is doing it, I should do it too. Just because a lot of people do something doesn't make it sane, doesn't make it right. I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, sheep and herd mentality. Not that I'm trying to be different, but there's certain things I see and I hear and I just don't understand them and they feel wrong to me in my gut. Like when people say like, oh, I have a gut feeling about something, like that's a real thing. Like if you have this gut feeling that shit is wrong, it might just be wrong. And sometimes your logical brain might say one thing and your internal gut might say another. And sometimes as the saying goes, you just got to go with your gut, dude. And so I would hate for you guys to live a life where you have regrets, wishing you could have done it differently, wishing you could have been yourself truly and uh, not living the life that you expected to live. And for us Americans, for those of you listening here in America, you know, despite living in the richest country on the planet with, uh, you know, this giant, you know, budget, you know, to, to keep us safe and do all these things, I think a lot of you are, you know, frightened and unhappier than ever before, which is crazy because we're living in the biggest, you know, I guess, economical expansion, you know, of my lifetime for sure. This 10 plus year run after the, you know, I lived through the melt of, you know, 07, 08 when I, I looked at, you know, when I bought my first condo, I remember looking around and, uh, you know, just seeing you know, people's lives in shambles. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, you know, just fresh out of graduating school, I couldn't get a job. It was really hard for me. I'm competing with people, you know, who have 15 years more experience than I have and, uh, you know, taking way less money than they're worth. But that was the way we're in. And I'm looking at, you know, places to buy with the little money I have. And it's just like to see so many foreclosures. And people walk away from their homes and short sales. It was a rough thing. But now we're living in this greatest, you know, recovery, if you will, when everybody seems to be quote unquote winning. And, uh, you know, the uh, unemployment rate is the lowest, you know, it's been, I believe, in my lifetime as well. And there's endless opportunities, yet a lot of people seem more unhappy than they've ever been before. Um, it seems like the material abundance and the chronic hustle of being a good citizen and doing it right has done nothing for people's happiness and well-being. And the fact that this status chasing kind of, you know, security obsessed, hurried American lifestyle is draining people of their life energy. It's killing you, if you will. Um, and it has been for some time. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. And the reason people don't feel alive is because they're not alive when you're living in that, you know, kind of rat race, always trying to keep up with everybody else, horse shit lifestyle. You're merely just going through the motions in a fast paced consumer centric culture that has transformed our once, you know, you know, beautiful land into kind of this, you know, asphalt wasteland, you know, stewed in digital billboards, fast food joints, soulless malls, and complete just carnage of just buying, consuming, buying, consuming, buying, consuming. Again, I'm not against stuff, but you have to admit in America, when you look around it, it's gotten utterly ridiculous of what we're doing. And again, if it's not making you happy, is it really worth it? The constant craving for objects and status, you know, which has, you know, for better or for worse, become kind of the American way has robbed people um, of their life and their freedom and of their creativity and like their zest energy just for living in general. Um, you, you live in this routine and it's stressed and you're chained to a sluggish, you know, predictable 
way of life. And I say this all the time to my wife and uh, to a lot of people. And again, I'm not against stuff, man. I like certain nice things and certain things I don't care about. But there's nothing I like enough to let it steal my creativity and let it steal my inspiration and steal my joy every day. And I, and I say it to Heather all the time. And as she's gotten older, I love my wife. She's become a fucking rock star. I couldn't ask for a better partner. The fact that she puts up with my craziness and my shit, even though it pays off and uh, she benefits from it, but it's, it's a long game, right? Like there's things I was saying to her five years ago where she has to be looking at me like this dude is fucking nuts. And now she's like, thank you so much. But she was a good enough sport to play along with it. And she's smart enough to see what it is. And we talk about not so much like what's your dream house or what's your dream car, but what's your dream life look like? Not what's the dream material possessions, but what does your dream life look like? That's the biggest thing. And I say, if we moved into a $2 million house and let's say, you know, we can afford that and that's what we can do or a $3 million house or whatever the number is. I don't know the financing because I have no interest in doing loans. But if they said you can afford this, that would chain me down that would be it'd be like you know living inside a you know golden prison if you will golden bars um not not just meaning like you know house poor if that's what the number was but stressing out about making the payments and and having the obligation that would steal my joy and my creativity and i couldn't do the podcast like this i couldn't write the things i write i couldn't think the way i think i couldn't work with these people i couldn't be so loose and so free and for me if it means having a little bit older stuff, but having more security of, of money in the bank and not having a huge nut and a huge overhead every single month, but I can be inspired, I can be free, I can be mindful, I can be happy as fuck, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to drive the 08 Accord if that's what it takes for me to pay off my house in this short amount of time to be free and to think this way and move this way. I don't want to feel overly stressed. I don't want to feel like, you know, my lifestyle is robbing me of experience and joy and just being able to sleep on a Wednesday night. I don't think it's worth it. But that's me. And I think the less you are, you know, inwardly, uh, the more you feel you need to buy, buy and buy. The less you feel in touch with who you are as a person and, and have things that are really important to you, which is probably health, you know, friends family, uh, experience the little joys of life, right? The more you don't feel like you're inwardly fulfilled, I think you have a bigger need to buy, buy and buy to overcompensate, to try to fill this void that you know is empty and you think the newest, you know, Corvette or, you know, the newest Mercedes or the newest, you know, backsplash or countertop will do it. And again, nothing wrong with that stuff, but that's not going to fill an internal void habituation is a real thing. You'll be jacked about it for a couple weeks, but shiny things get dull and it wears off. That's that's what the phenomenon is. And the more you buy, the more hours you need to put into your job. And some of you like what you do, but a lot of you hate what you do. So the more you buy, the more hours you need to put into your useless job that has your stomach riddled with ulcers or what I used to call the Sunday sickness. And I've shared this before in the podcast. I never knew like what anxiety was. I never thought I had it until I started to get older and I started to read and realize like, wow, I've had anxiety my entire life. I got it every single Sunday before I had to go to school because I hated school so fucking much. I thought the system was geared against me and I didn't think it was set up for a person like me to be successful. Now, that would be me playing a victim there, but 
I believe that and I had it and I had one I've had one real job my whole life and I had the Sunday sickness every Sunday I basically had the Sunday sickness every night uh, when I went to bed and when I have to drive to work like when I was driving somewhere thinking about what I would do when the day is over I would get in my car in my work clothes driving there pissed off in traffic that I had to be there and then thinking about what I could do when the day was over what I could do on the weekend that is a shitty way to live your life if you're going to a job just to buy stuff to fill that void of your life, you need to quit that job and do something else. Now, obviously, a lot of you have kids and obligations and certain things. Be responsible. But in the 2020, with the internet and with the phone, you can find some shit that you at least like to do or tolerate and not hate it every single day. But for a lot of people, the more stuff you buy, the more hours you got to work. And if that job is making you overly stressed and sick, it's robbing you of your life. And again, if you want to buy more stuff, you probably got to work more hours or you have to go deeper into debt or you probably have to do both, which is the worst case scenario. And again, the less developed you are as a mindful person, the more susceptible you are to the psychological conditioning of the cultural engineers that are making you want and buy the certain things that you want, the less you're able to express yourself as an alive human being the deeper your need is to hide behind probably luxury items and, and status. And I'm talking about consciousness here, like like what you're open to feeling and seeing. And it's hard when, you, when you've bought into a system for a certain amount of your life and then you step back and be like, wow, a lot of the stuff I was taught was bullshit. A lot of the stuff I was taught was worthless. And that goes for, you know, learning parallelograms in school, which... I'll, I'll stand by that my entire life. I think those things are worthless. Having to learn like the, the periodic you know chart of elements, like what gold is on the, that stuff is worthless. But you've also been taught a certain thing that like you need to be in debt for this. You need to get the newest car. You need to get the newest phone. You have to, you know, get this degree and you have to move up the corporate ladder. Who says you have to do that? If that's not making you happy, you do not have to do that. The most simplistic, basic auditing tool you can ask yourself is when you get up for work in the morning or whatever you're about to do, look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I happy today? Do I really want to be doing this? And some days, no. Some Again, some days are a grind. Some days you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. That's just, it's, it's called being an adult. But if every day you wake up and it's a struggle and a grind and you hate doing it, you don't have to do it that way especially if you're doing it to just pay bills for things that aren't bringing you joy and fulfillment. But if you're in that system where you're in debt, you have credit card debt, you have student loan debt, you have a car payment, you have a giant mortgage, you have all these things that are just, you know, sucking the life energy out of you, you've become, you know, what I guess for lack of a better term, the American culture needs you to become. And you're sick because of it. You're trying so goddamn hard to keep up with the Joneses because you lack in being a fulfilled human being. You're trying so hard to keep up with everybody else to impress all this bullshit because you're just lacking being a confident person deep down of who you are. You're trying to fill the void in ways that it can't be filled. You can't afford the hey, look at me lifestyle of Instagram that you flaunt around, but it helps, you know decorate and perpetuate your otherwise empty image of who you are inside. And again, I'm not judging anybody. If you're happy, cool, but a lot of people aren't. And it's not your fault. 
I believe that. I think you're a victim of a fucked up culture that has indoctrinated a system that we call, you know, education. You know, we were raised and molded in a distorted environment. Um, who you are today is a manifestation of the social arrangements that you were, you know, accidentally and, and randomly born into, whether it be, you know, the parenting or the education system or commercials and TV and marketing. Um, but it's not natural um, and it's killing you. You know, th- this American life you're living for a lot of people is, for lack of a better term, you know, killing you slowly. And I say that, and I'll share this super quick. I know a lot of people think when they go to the store, they just buy things and, and they buy things because they saw it here. Oh, I like this. The companies that are selling to you are not stupid. They don't build these giant buildings based off being dumb and losing. They build them off of you spending money. And when you go buy a car, when you're going to uh, you know, buy something at the grocery store, the amount of marketing that went into that product is so far beyond what you are even understanding. Just like when you go buy a bag of chips, right? Not just the bag placement, but the color of it, the wording, the serving size, the chip thickness. They're literally bringing thousands of people into a room and testing chip thickness. So they know if they have chips that are this thick, A, or chips that are this thick, B, Sally will eat 12 chips here, but she'll eat 14 chips here. And they've tested enough people at scale to know if they make the chips, you know, thickness B, they're going to sell four more bags of chips per year per person over time and and exponentially, you know, that's what the market share is going to go up and the company will make X amount of dollars. And that's what's happening. They're selling you more than you know. A lot of these, these marketers and people, they've gotten really good at understanding, you know, human psychology and buying patterns and what you do and tracking and pixeling and retargeting. So it's not all your fault, but you have to be conscious enough and not get so busy in your life where you can step back and say, hey, do I really need these things? Are these things making me happy? And as the great, you know, social psychologist and philosopher Eric Fromm observed, and I quote, the fact that millions of people share the same vices does not make these vices virtues. The fact that they share so many errors does not make the errors to be truths. And the fact that millions of people share the same forms of mental pathology does not make these people sane. Just because your friends jump off a bridge, guys, doesn't mean you should jump off a bridge. I'm sure you heard your parents say that. Just because your friends lease a car with a $1,000 a month payment doesn't mean you should lease a car with a $1,000 a month payment. Just because your friends take out a 30-year mortgage you know, at 45% of their income to pay the monthly bill on that house doesn't mean you should do the same thing. Just because the masses are doing a lot of stupid shit doesn't mean you should do the same stupid shit. You have to make the decision for yourself. But I think we've gotten this kind of herd mentality where we just kind of follow things blindly and we don't really question them. And maybe that's the benefit of me being this person and I'm not that smart. So for me, I always questioned everything. Why would I do this? I'm sure my parents had to want to punch me in my face when I'm little. Why? Jeremy, you have to do this. Why? Jeremy, you have to go here. Why? Jeremy, you have to wash your hands. Why? Everything I would always question. And most of the time, I'm sure they were probably right. And a lot of times you're like, well, that's just how things are done. And that's probably like the worst answer I could get as a kid. Why do I have to do this? Because that's just how things are done. Um, You know, people will say, you know, uh, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the way that I think of things, well, if it could be better, it's as good as broken. Uh, and I believe that. And for all of you listening, you know, your life is so much more precious than, 
you know, the automation that it's become. I think deep down you feel it, and, and I think deep down you know it. But it's hard to break free uh, from the chains that, that you can't see and, and the shackles that, uh, you know, are on you every single day. It's an invisible prison uh, for a lot of people, and it's one you can break free from, but yet a lot of people don't. And as Colin Wilson wrote, you know, over a half century ago, and I quote, these men are in a prison. They're quite contented in prison, you know, caged animals who have never known freedom, but it's a prison all the same, end quote. And um, the story here is I was talking to a nice couple the other day who had a combined, you know, six-figure salary. So two people who are earning over $100,000 per year, which is a great income in America, you know, if you don't have a ton of debt. And uh, they told me that they were unable to come up with a measly $1,000 of cash to put down on an investment of a home and a property. And this is the typical American today, rich and poor at the same time. And uh, when you drive around your neighborhood, and again, I'm a huge you know numbers person in finance. It, it, uh, it interests me as I get older because it parallels fitness so much. I believe our struggle to get out of debt and our struggle to you know not be overweight are, are one and the same. Uh, the, beha- the behaviors, the rituals, and the routines really are similar uh, when, when you break them down. And again, we're marketed to, you know, we're sold things and we're, we're meant to believe, you know, life has to be a certain way at a certain age and a certain time and a certain stage. And I'm just not a, a believer in that. But when you drive around in neighborhoods, you know, seven out of every 10 people are living, you know, basically paycheck to paycheck. I think it's a little bit higher than that. I think it's like 78% of people are living kind of check to check. So meaning when you drive around in your neighborhood, and yours might be different, but I'm talking the cumulative here of America, seven out of every 10 homes need that paycheck to survive. And if they don't get paid, you know, that week or, or biweekly, things are going to get rough and they're going to really struggle and they might not be able to make it. And that's a crazy thing. The fact that we live in like, you know, this financially dominant country and yet people are spending a ridiculous amount of money on everything always all the time and it's not an income problem i think for a lot of people it's a budgeting problem or it's this you know fomo shit they have this fear of missing out if they don't get the newest phone and the newest car and take the fanciest trip and have the most updated everything because god forbid somebody thinks that they're not crushing it because of the kind of car they drive or the clothes they are or whatever the fuck it is and it's a terrible game that you cannot win. Nobody wins when you do it. And uh, this is the American dream. And this is the definition of success in our culture for, for a lot of people. You know, the degrees, the jobs, the families, the, the consumerism, and the raging debt that is going on. And from an early age, we are egged on to, you know, get good grades so you can get into what I consider to be an overpriced university to better the chances of, you know, sliding into a, a dull career where we end up like the person uh, in the opening paragraph who doesn't, isn't really happy with their life. And in spite of the, you know, this thriving economy and the land of plenty, a great number of people still feel super insecure, super lonely, super depressed, and are suffering from a lack of enthusiasm over, you know, the miracle of their own existence, the miracle that you were born a fucking human being is insane at this time in this era. It is a gift, but yet we're focused on the wrong stuff and we've bought into things that are making us feel insecure, lonely, and depressed. And we're suffering, yet we should be thriving and be happy as hell. And we're bogged down. And life for a lot of people doesn't make sense to them. 
Um, and we're living so far from what I believe us as humans should naturally feel like. And many of us, if not most of us, are too thoughtless and caught up in the facade of culture. Um, we see what's, what's become of who we are as people. Um, we're, you know, some of us are alienated. Uh, we're mindless consumers patting each other on the backs for our worldly success at the expense of wreaking havoc on our inner lives and the entire ecosystem that has sustained us. And I, and I share this example with my wife the other day. I go, you know, if we went out today and, uh, and, and bought a car, like a brand new one, we leased, uh, pick something, uh, an Escalade, right? We go out and lease the newest Escalade. It's, you know, what does a new Escalade cost? hundred and some thousand bucks. What's that lease payment? I don't know. 1300 bucks a month, something crazy. And we take a picture by it and it said, got my boo a new car for Valentine's Day. The amount of comments, people are like, oh, that's awesome. Congrats, congrats, congrats. I just leased a car. I just gave him a bunch of money. I signed up for some fucking payments. I didn't win anything. I didn't accomplish anything. I leased a vehicle. Now, again, not talking shit about anybody who does. If you're happy and you like cars and you're a car person, respect. If you got money, drive whatever you want to drive. I go, but we're celebrating that. Or, again, homeownership is, is a huge thing in America. A lot of people, it's their dream. They're working towards it. But they're not buying their home. They're making a down payment to get into a house. And, and I'm not saying don't celebrate it, but we'll post it like sign up for a 30-year mortgage, sign up for 30 years of payments, and we celebrate it like it's this amazing thing. And again, I'm not saying don't celebrate it, but there's a lot of other things we share that are not celebrated, that are us really winning as humans, that are us really doing awesome epic work. And we've been programmed to celebrate this other shit that I don't think is as crucial or as vital. Again, this is just my opinion. And as the American physician and psychotherapist Alexander Lowen acknowledged, and I quote, the modern individual is committed to being successful, not being a person. He belongs rightly to the action generation whose motto is do more but feel less, end quote. And... I believe this, perhaps mental health, you know, has something to do with the individual, but maybe even more to do, you know, with the culture that we're kind of born into. Um, it's been said before that it's no measure of health is to be well adjusted to the profoundly sick society. And uh, we've been led, and I believe this, yes, we've been led deliberately so by persuasive scheming forces into believing we can buy our way to security, we can buy our way to happiness, and we can, you know, even buy, you know, ourselves a level of, you know, deeper immortality. Um, but that's not the truth. You, you can't buy happiness. Money does make things easier when things go wrong. I do believe you have to have a certain uh, amount to, to feel safe and secure. I don't think that's ever enough for most people. I think when they pull people... Um, Anything over about $75,000 per year, the happiness level really doesn't go that crazy. I like having money in the bank um, and in investments, knowing that if my car blows up, I can buy a new one. But I don't need, you know, $400 million to feel safe and secure. And I think that constant chasing of more and new and more and better and new and more um, really is dragging people down. And if you are listening to me and you, and that's why I say, I wish everybody could get famous. I wish everybody could get money. I wish everybody could get the stuff that they think they have and understand that A, being a millionaire now, it isn't, 
It's not that it's not that much money, and he, and, and I, it, I, it's cringeworthy for me to say that growing up as broke as I fucking did, but being a millionaire today is not that crazy, you know, compared to you know what it was 25 years ago. But it doesn't make you any happier. I grew up in a two-bedroom apartment for a lot of my life. I slept on fucking bunk beds. Um, I have more money today than I ever thought I had in my life. I've said this many times before. I'm no happier. I'm a little bit more secure. I can eat at a little bit nicer restaurants. Uh, my wife and I can take a little bit nicer trips. But I'm no happier. And if you think you can buy happiness, you're deluded. Um, you're confused. And uh, your mindset is completely wrong. You're going to find yourself chasing emptiness and empty pleasures and you know these glittering gadgets and toys and things and uh, it just doesn't do it. I don't know how else to say that. And uh, when we dig into uh, this article uh, in 2015, uh, the Walking Times asked the reader, "How did the United States, a nation you know founded on you know Puritan non-materialistic tenants, become filled with the biggest shoppers on the planet, end up occupying 29% of the world's consumer markets?" And uh, it turns out Americans are carefully and systematically manipulated into becoming you know, insatiable shoppers. We've been programmed this way. When we came, if you look at the Puritans, they're very, you know, non-materialistic. I'm going back origins here, right? Or you, you follow like the minimalist type movements. Uh, that's kind of how we, we came about, but yet we've been programmed and we've created a world where consumer spending and buying stuff it be, has become the norm. And keeping up with the Joneses has been ingrained in our brains, throughout you know our, our childhood and as we become older adults through our, our consciousness and our you know intelligence has been you know manipulated in our minds to see that this is the only way we can do things and you know we the people of the United States you know have been led you know far away from you know kind of the spirit of you know the old school and again I'm not I sound like an old person. I don't want to talk like this now. Uh, but I believe this. And I, I grew up very simplistic. I grew up in the Midwest, humble parents, you know, both single. My mom lived in an apartment with us for a long time. My old man had a house. My mom eventually worked her ass off as a single mom, bought her own place. Uh, nothing super fancy. I share this all the time. In my kitchen, we had a green washer and dryer in my kitchen. So you could like grab food from, you know, refrigerator and do your laundry right next to it with your green, you know, washer and dryer. And it was a, you know, little small, you know, three bedroom, one bathroom house. But for a single mom, respect, she worked her fucking ass off to do it. I couldn't imagine doing it with two kids. And the same thing to my old man, he did it. So I grew up very basic. And so I say we've become detached from that in certain parts of America and the world because we're so far from, you know, the days of living these, you know, kind of poetic, you know, close to earth lifestyles with little possessions. We've now barricaded ourselves, you know, behind, you know, endless drywall and plastic. And we sit in front of these giant screens constantly buying things we don't need to impress assholes we don't like who are doing the same fucking thing. It doesn't make any sense. And as, you know, Thoreau well understood years ago, and I quote, most of the luxuries and many of the so-called comforts of life are not only indispensable, but positive hindrances to the elevation of mankind. Meaning the things we own tend to bog us down or as a great, you know, Tyler Durden once said, uh, the things you own end up owning you. The things you own end up owning you. And again, 
I have to say this a hundred times. I'm not against stuff, you guys. But if it's robbing you of happiness and causing you to be stressed out and causing you pain, the shit isn't worth it. Nothing is. We prize having in America over being. We prize having over being. Material possessions we prize over experience. And people say, well, Jeremy, no, we don't. Look around you. Clearly, most people do. Again, there's no right or wrong. But if you're not happy, I think you're doing it the wrong way, in my opinion. We have, you know, contempt for nature these days. And we're too engrossed in the mechanical ways of living to truly feel, you know, what it means to be alive on this planet. And as the character in Arthur Miller's play, you know, Death of a Salesman, which is super popular, you know, and the confession at the end of his life, he says, I quote, I realized what a ridiculous lie my whole life has been. And that's why I do podcasts on these things, because I don't want you guys to fall into that boat. You know, what you and I consider reality is nothing more than, you know, kind of a thin veneer of illusions and lies that we've been, you know, conditioned to agree upon. Uh, we've been lured into a trap in which, you know, we get so busy running all the time from one obligation to the next, we, we forget about, you know, what the hell we're even here for and what we're even doing. So the question is, you know, you know, what's to be done? You got to unplug from the machine a little bit and take back your life. And in my opinion, you know, learn to live with less and sit under the trees and, you know, whether it be hang out with friends and family or read from the great minds and, you know, listen to things that, you know, put you in a good mood and bring you value, whether that be, you know, art or music and just quit doing things you fucking hate to impress the faceless people among us who are going to judge you regardless and who gives a shit, man. At the end of the day, you have such a small circle of people in your life that really matter. Why would you waste time doing anything else? You got to decondition yourself from a culture and quit suppressing your uniqueness. And I would say travel to places that might frighten you a bit and uh, get out of your comfort zone. Learn to embrace, you know, silence and solitude and be mindful of your surroundings. Meditate if you need to a couple times a week. And most importantly, you got to wake your ass up from the cultural slumber and try to find joy, you know, among the smallest things. That's why I always say perspective and gratitude is the game. And uh, Joseph Campbell, you know, once voiced, and I quote, the goal of life is to make your heartbeat match the beat of the universe, to match your nature with nature, end quote. And it's no secret that oftentimes the happiest people on the planet are the people with, you know, a little. I'm not saying nothing. Obviously, you can't be homeless and be destitute. That's not what this is. And again, I know a lot of people who are super rich who are super fucking happy and crushing it. And I know a lot of people who are super broke and a lot of people who have little and are miserable as fuck. So that's not always the variance. There's rich people who are happy. There's poor people who are happy. There's you know poor people who are miserable. There's rich people who are miserable. But I think for a lot of us, um, you need more freedom in your life. You need more playtime. Um, you need more time to be creative, uh, more time to discover, and just more time to do the things that you love to do and not just be caught up in a rat race trying to do a bunch of shit and stop for a second, step back from your life and ask yourself, what am I really doing here? Like, what is this all about? Am I really happy? Do I want to wake up and do this shit every single day? And if the answer is no, you can change gears. And I've said this 
a million times before, many of you would be so much happier if you downgrade your lifestyle, the house, the car, all the fancy things, and upgrade in happiness. By downgrading that, having to work less and stress less, you can upgrade your happiness and the overall quality of your life. And isn't that what this is all about anyway? Being happy? You have to really focus on becoming the person you are meant to be, becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the person you are, and perhaps would have been before you got caught up in the you know cultural contamination that brought this disharmony to you in the first place, before you got caught up in keeping up with the Joneses, who the fuck were you before that? What were the things that lit you up before all this rat race stuff started? Because the beauty is you can choose to live a life in virtually any mode of being rather than just an empty mode of having. You can choose to live your life in the vital mode of being alive and being happy rather than in the empty mode of just having stuff. Now, again, there's a synergy there for all of you. I don't know where to draw the line. We all need certain things. I get that. But a lot of us have too much of nothing and not enough of everything else. Many of us have too much of nothing and not enough of everything else. Take that for what it's worth, you guys. I know uh, I do get uh, jacked up about that stuff. I do uh, tend to get a little bit fired up and overly passionate and maybe drop a few uh, too many swear words on you guys uh, when I read and, and speak from the heart with things like this because I've seen it over time. And I'm coming to you from a place of I give a shit about you guys and I want you to be as happy as possible. And I meet a lot of amazing people who are happy and I meet a lot of people who are struggling and Life is going to kick you in the face and in the nuts and bad shit's going to happen. But when it's your own doing and I see you're living in this invisible, you know, stress riddled prison, I don't want you to be there if you don't have to be. It's not necessary. And I guess that's the takeaway is just if you can upgrade the happiness of your life, I would urge you to do that. And uh, oftentimes it's an easy switch and you can't fear judgment from other people in society. And a lot of people would feel, oh, if I... If I downgrade my house or if I trade in and I get an older car and I get myself out of debt, people will think, what? You're smart? You didn't want to play this game that was literally sucking the fucking life energy out of you? I think you'll be okay. And at the end of the day, nobody's opinion matters but your own. If you're happy, if you're mindful, if you're creative, if you're inspired and you're just on fire every day and you wake up and you're like, holy shit. This is an amazing life, and it's a gift that I am here for such a small amount of time. You're going to win every single day until you leave this planet. I promise you that. So, again, the original piece I rambled on here is called The American Life is Killing You by Eric Rittenberry over at medium.com. I think you can find it under the philosophy section. It is a very long, detailed piece. There's a lot of stuff uh, I did not go over that's inside of there, but that's where the premise of this entire podcast came from, so I want to give him credit. It was beautifully written. Eric, you crushed it, dude. Um, thank you for that. It's very eye-opening. It, it echoes so many things I think about uh, the world today and people. And again, this is obviously my podcast, so everything here I'm sharing is my opinion. You don't have to agree with everything I say. In fact, I don't expect you to. I don't want you to. I want you to be your own person, live your own life, but... If you're struggling, if you think that your life 
that you're living is the only way you have to live it, just know that it isn't. There's a lot of people out there uh, living an alternative quote-unquote lifestyle. And you just have to ask yourself, what's going to make me the happiest? What's going to bring me the most joy? What's going to bring me the best experiences with myself, with my friends, with my family and my loved ones? And how can I just be on fire and understand that it's a gift to be on this earth every single day? And only you guys can answer that. And a lot of times, in America specifically, um, it starts just get rid- getting rid of stuff and, and, and giving yourself more opportunity to be mindful and be thoughtful and just be fucking happy, man. Because at the end of the day, that's all. If, if we're not happy, what are we even doing here, right? Like, what does it matter what car you drive if you're not happy? What does it matter your zip code or your job title if you're not happy? Chase happiness and let everything else kind of figure itself out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Open up the podcast app. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. If you're on uh, your MacBook or your iPad, just open up the iTunes icon. Click ratings and reviews. Five-star. Review it. Share this with a friend or family member that you think is maybe caught up in the rat race or doing some things. And they're finding themselves not happy. If this can get them to a place of happiness and leave their you know toxic, chronic, shit, stress, real life behind... This has been well worth it. And by you sharing that, if that has that cascade effect on them, you guys, they will thank you at a level you can never imagine. I promise you that. So um, again, reminder, if you guys are on YouTube, we have two cameras set up here. Uh, So hopefully my boy Jacob has been editing these and they look amazing. But again, if you guys are not subscribed to the Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube page, we're loading every podcast on there now. 99% of the podcast will be on there as well as all our Instagram videos, a lot of the stuff we share on Facebook, Q&A series, and a bunch of things in between. We have about 1,100 videos total now on the YouTube page, and there's way more of you listening to the podcast than are on the YouTube page. So if you guys want to head over there, subscribe 100% free. Just Google Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube. Hit subscribe, scroll through. If there's something you guys want to see, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or a topic covering the podcast, I am happy to record it. So... Until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.